Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for FanRag Sports, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. This Thursday edition of Locked On Packers is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Use the promo code LOCKEDON at MyBookie.ag. And before we get into the scouting report and the preview For Packers-Bengals, I want to remind you, we are doing a Pro Football Focus Edge giveaway. You get a subscription, a $39.99 value. You get player grades, snap counts, position ranks, fantasy projections, all sorts of information in there. Pro Football Focus has a wealth of knowledge. I say it every day, but it's true. All you have to do to enter is go to iTunes, leave a review for the podcast, And include your Twitter handle in the review. Each week we're going to choose someone randomly and they're going to win a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. So please do that. Do it anyway. I would really appreciate it if you rated the podcast and and did so nicely. That would be ideal. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I would appreciate it. If you haven't listened to the Bengals preview show yesterday, Opponent Wednesday with Joe Goodberry, I suggest you do so. He wrote a a great piece this morning for Bengals Wire that explains what Bill Lazor's offense might look like. Bill Lazor was the offensive coordinator in 2014 when the Dolphins played the Packers. You may remember that as the uh, Packers' Aaron Rodgers fake spike game-winning drive where he fakes the spike and throws to Devontae Adams as a rookie, picks up a first down, gets out of bounds, and then they, they win the game with a fade to the corner. Joe's breakdown of that game and what the Bengals offense may look like moving forward, I think, more likely than not, is excellent, and and I suggest you read it. It is possible that they make serious changes in one week. I doubt it. So some of the formations and and interesting looks that that Laser gave the Packers, I'm not sure we're going to see in this game. I, I just don't think it's there's enough time to make those kinds of adjustments. But there's certainly going to be some unscouted looks. There's going to be some small tweaks to this offense. And more than anything, I think the tempo is going to change. We're going to get to the Bengals' deep or offense in a second. I want to start with the Bengals' defense and what it's going to look like when the Packers have the ball because on Wednesday, Jordy Nelson and Brian Belaga were back at practice in full. So that means that the soft tissue injury that, that Nelson was dealing with, the quad, is likely back to close to full strength. If it were, if he were still feeling soreness and tightness, you'd expect him to be a limited participant. The fact that he was a full participant in practice is a big deal. Doesn't guarantee he's going to play, 
but it's a big deal. So barring a setback, I think we should we should function under the idea that he's going to play. Brian Bulaga with the ankle injury and he was dealing with the flu last week. Also back at practice in full. Again, not a guarantee he's going to play, but a good sign nonetheless for this offense. Randall Cobb still not back. David Bakhtiari still not back. As I said earlier in the week, I think Kyle Murphy played well enough at tackle that if Bulaga is back in particular, that gives the Packers an enormous boost. Kyle Murphy is not going to go to the Pro Bowl probably this year, but he is an adequate left tackle. And he's probably a more than adequate right tackle. In a perfect world, if given the choice, you'd rather have Bakhtiari because Murphy is a more natural right tackle. But these delineations in the modern NFL are less important because of how much the game is spread, how much um, the the great pass rushers are not exclusive to the quarterback's blind side now. I think if Randall Cobb in particular is not ready to go on Sunday, you're going to see Nelson in the slot a ton in this game. Because the Packers trust Devontae Adams and Geronimo Allison outside. And Nelson had considerable success last year from the slot. So I think what you're going to see is you're going to see a lot of three receiver sets with Nelson in the slot. I think you're going to continue to see the spread formations with Martellus Bennett split out wide. And, and either Richard Rodgers or Lance Kendricks in line. I think you're going to see some formations. Some two wide receiver, two tight end formations where all four guys are split out with Ty Montgomery in the backfield. The one thing we learned about Ty Montgomery from the Atlanta game is he's going to play nearly every snap. He's too good. He's too big of a mismatch weapon. And the, the Falcons had linebackers and safeties who can run, who could, who could cover him, and they couldn't. The Bengals don't have that. So I do think you're going to see the Packers' run game get on track a little bit more in this game, especially if Bulaga is, is something close to 100%. What the Packers have to try and do is they have to try and push the ball down the field more than they did against Atlanta. Part of the reason... They couldn't do that was you're starting what is essentially a first-time starter in Kyle Murphy. This is not his first game, but he's a first-time starter in terms of this is his first year as a starter. And he's only a starter because someone else is hurt. And then you had McCray, who is literally taking his first NFL snaps. It is hard to call plays. The Packers dialed up two deep shots off play action and couldn't get to either because in one case Murphy and in one case McCray couldn't hold up on the edge. If the Packers can go to a more traditional offense to get those deep shots with Nelson in the game, that opens up everything for this team. So what you're going to see, what you're going to see from the Bengals defense, as Joe talked about yesterday, is a lot of four-man rush, drop seven in coverage, zone coverage in particular. And if the Packers offensive line can hold up, expect to see what we're used to seeing from Aaron Rodgers, and that is some dancing, buying time, and finding receivers down the field. The Bengals are not going to blitz a ton, particularly if Bulaga is in this game, simply because they're just not going to... If they don't get home, they're in trouble. And they know that. They're going to hope that they can get pressure with four. Depending on how the game goes, that may change. But I think you're going to see a lot of four-man fronts, a lot of seven in coverage, and you're going to see the Packers... And you're going to see the Packers try and find ways to confuse the zone coverage. They're going to flood zones. They're going to try and get the Bengals to screw up pass-offs. A lot of the, frankly, a lot of the the man-beaters the Packers use can also be effective against zone coverage because so much of zone coverage is making sure that all of the players in a particular zone are not accounted for. So you want, if you're the Packers offense, you want to get, say, two defenders with three receivers and they have to make a choice. 
or one defender and two receivers and they have to make a choice. And you want them to guess wrong. You want them to choose wrong if you're the Packers offense. I expect Ty Montgomery to get more touches in the run game than he got against Atlanta. Part of that was was game tempo. That dictated that. There is some talent in the secondary, as, as Joe talked about yesterday, but it is not a great secondary unit. Drake Kirkpatrick got paid a lot of money to be the guy that they drafted him to be. He's not that guy. He's a solid zone corner. Pac-Man Jones is a solid man corner. Darquez Denard, Josh Shaw, these are these are these are average to above average players. The Packers offense should be able to move the ball effectively in this game. They should be able to score points in this game. I expect them to score 20, 24 at least. I think if they get to 24, they win because the Bengals can't score well enough. I told you guys at the beginning of the week about this model I started to predict games. It's a, an analytic soup of metrics that I use. And, and it did, you know, I picked games in week one. It didn't go great. Um, theoretically, it should help me. I've, I've, I have made some some tweaks to it, so I'm, I'm hoping moving forward it's a little bit better. Also, early in the season, the data is is not ideal, so you're you're relying on a small sample size to predict outcomes that you probably would like a much bigger sample size to help you work with. But if you're going to be betting on games, I recommend mybookie.ag. If you use promo code LOCKEDON, you get a 100% deposit bonus. That means you put money in, they give you money just for doing that, which is great. They've been doing this a long time. So this is not some fly-by-night operation here. They have fast payouts in two business days. You could be getting the money that you've won. They also have live in-game betting and a great mobile site. So you can get your bets in right from the couch. It's no different than betting in a Las Vegas casino, but you can do it from your smartphone, which is to say you can do it from the privacy of your own home, with your own potato chips, your own beer. Go to mybookie.ag to place your bets and tell them I sent you by using promo code LOCKEDON. Now, when the Bengals have the ball, you may want to cover your eyes. It has not been pretty so far for the Bengals. In fact, on third down this year, they have more sacks, fumbles, and interceptions than they have conversions. Now, they've played two good defenses. They played the Ravens defense in week one. They played the Texans defense on a short week in week two. But Andy Dalton has looked so bad. There were rumblings last week that some players in the locker room wanted Colin Kaepernick. This is, this is the kind of offense that will help cure whatever ails the Packers' defense. Now, it will not cure Mike Daniels, who is still not back at practice. Ahmad Brooks is back at practice, which is huge for the Packers' outside linebacker depth. It's also huge for the run game because he provides so much toughness and physicality to how you're going to defend a power run game. We talked about the Packers' offensive tackles. The Bengals have one of the worst offensive lines, if not the worst offensive line through two weeks in football. By pro football focuses grades, Cedric Abui and Jake Fisher are two of the worst graded offensive tackles in football. And if not for the Houston Texans, they would be the worst graded tackle duo in the league. The players right now are just not playing well. And there is some talent. Joe Mixon is, is a talented young player for, for all of the questions off the field that there were about him. The domestic violence incident was ugly. I would not have taken him where they did just because of that. But Giovanni Bernard is a good player. A.J. Green is a great player. That's sort of where it ends for this Bengals offense. Andy Dalton is not a great quarterback. Not even sure Andy Dalton is a good quarterback, especially in these circumstances. 
We talked about identity with the Packers defense yesterday, and I wrote about it for Acme Packing Company on SB Nation. Brandon LaFell said this of his team's offense. If you look at every team we play, every Wednesday, Marvin Lewis comes in and says, this is the type of team we're playing. We didn't know what type of team we were. It's too late to try new stuff. We need to figure out what we're going to be from here on out and stick with it and get it right and be great at it. This is a, this is a Bengals offense that's going to face a Packers defense with a, with a similar problem. Who are they? Whoever figures it out better is going to have the advantage when the Bengals have the ball. Now, one stat that I want to point out here because it was, it was startling but not necessarily surprising Packers Wire Managing Editor Zach Cruz tweeted it out yesterday. The Packers are allowing 7.1 yards per carry on first down. 25 carries for 177 yards in 2017. That is horrible. You hear on the broadcast all the time, the the offense wants to stay on schedule. Well, you give up 7 yards on first down, the offense is ahead of schedule now. And part of this is the Nitro package. Morgan Burnett playing linebacker is not a linebacker, but even when the Packers had two linebackers on the field, they were getting run at by the Falcons. Now, the the Bengals offense does not have the same sort of proficiency in the run game. They don't have the sort of scheme advantages built in that the Falcons do. But the Packers' ability to stop the run, Ricky Jean Francois is back. The Packers brought him back after releasing him uh, two weeks ago. Montrevious Adams, the rookie from Auburn, could see his first game action this week. Both would be a boost for this Packers run defense, and it needs it. Not just because Dean Lowry got hurt, not just because Mike Daniels got hurt, but because they need more bodies that can stop the run inside. The Packers are playing small. So if you're going to play small, that means you need to rely on guys like Daniels and Clark and Lowry to handle their business inside. Quinton Dial played well against the Falcons. They need more of that from their defensive line. So having a player like Ricky Jean-Francois and a player like Montrevious Adams, we don't know what he is in the NFL yet. Can he be a run-stopping player? If he can, it's a huge boost. The Packers don't need him to rush the passer. Now, I'm, I'm very interested to see how the secondary looks this week because against the Falcons, Kevin King came in as the starting corner on the boundary when Demarius Randall and Quinton Rollins were getting torched and did not leave. We're talking about the first half. By the second quarter, Kevin King was the boundary corner. When they just had two boundary corners on the field, Devon House is one, Kevin King is the other. Kevin King is the starting corner on the outside for the Packers. He will be that guy this week. And he'll get A.J. Green. Congratulations, you covered Julio Jones effectively. Here's A.J. Green. Now, when Devon House was lost late in the game, and he's not practicing with a quad, Demarius Randall came in. So we don't know who's going to be starting on the boundary. My guess is it's going to be Randall with Rollins in the slot. So that means Brandon LaFell, that means A.J. Green. How much John Ross plays in this game, I think, will will depend on or will dictate how much Demarius Randall plays in the slot because Quentin Rollins can't run with John Ross in the slot. Can't run with John Ross outside either. This is why I've said that Quentin Rollins may just not be able to play corner for the Packers or any team in the NFL. He's just not fast enough. And in fairness, John Ross is the fastest player ever at the Combine. So it would be hard for any corner to try and match up with him. But this is the issue that the Packers have. So I expect to see Kevin King as the starter outside. I expect to see Demarius Randall starting on the outside opposite him. And I think we'll see Quentin Rollins in the slot. But they're going to have to be creative with how they handle a player like John Ross, who has not 
to this point looked like the high first round pick that he was slated to be. He was dealing with an injury coming in, has an injury history. I think if Bill Lazor is going to get creative with anyone, that could be the kind of player he gets creative with. So the Packers have to be ready for that. The other question mark for me is how they handle Josh Jones. Kentrell Bryce is still out. Now, Jones came in against Atlanta and played mostly deep safety, which is not the best way to use him. The Packers, when they drafted him, said they wanted him to be a dime linebacker. Well, Morgan Burnett is playing linebacker exclusively now. It makes more sense to me to have Josh Jones play linebacker in the Nitro package and have Burnett play his old position than the other way around. It's just a better use of of the skills of each player, and Josh Jones is bigger, stronger than Morgan Burnett. So I understand why they wouldn't make that change in-game. They didn't prep that way. They didn't practice that way. But with an entire week to prepare, I think the right move is to have Josh Jones play the position that he'd been practicing for most of the year to prepare to play for. And Morgan Burnett play a position that he's already very familiar with. I think it makes more sense to have the veteran change positions than thrust Josh Jones into a position where he's not only not practiced a ton, but is not naturally suited to play. But this is Dom Capers we're talking about, so so who knows? As I mentioned at the top of the show, expect to see a lot of tempo in this game. The Bengals are going to want to go fast. They're going to want to try and catch the Packers out of position, something the Falcons did a couple times on Sunday, a handful of times, I'd say, two, three, four. I think you're going to see some deception. I think you're going to see a desperate team. And the Packers' defense has to be ready for that, with or without Mike Daniels. I think right now we should function under the assumption Mike Daniels is not going to play in this game. Now, given the, the quality of the Bengals' offensive line, that should not be an enormous blow for this defense, but we'll see. If Nick Perry and Clay Matthews and Ahmad Brooks can make their presence felt in this game and pressure Andy Dalton, I don't see how the Bengals can win. Dalton is too prone to turning it over, and he just doesn't have the help outside of A.J. Green to score enough to beat this Packers team. The Packers should win this game. I think they will win this game. I think something like 27-13, the Packers could score more than that, depending on the situation, depending on the health of Nelson and Bulaga. I want to remind you that this edition of Locked on Packers was brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Get into all the action with MyBookie.ag, where they will match your deposit up to 100%. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to get that match bonus. If if there's big news tomorrow injury-wise, let's say Mike Daniels comes back, something like that. I'm going to hop on and and do a quick short show to just talk about it a little bit. So keep an eye on your feed for that. And until Sunday, stay locked on Packers. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.